Are we not the bestest of friends already? Only in media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the only podcast that was included as future considerations in the Max Pack Ready deal. It's time to do a little stargazing, a little post-free agency stargazing, I guess mid-free agency stargazing, maybe. Um, here with, uh, this is Wes, of course, here with Mark. Mark, how's your summer going? Doing pretty good. Uh, got through my COVID bit, uh, back on the positive side. So uh, I'm ready to look at hockey without uh, w- without having to go through jaundiced eyes. There you go. I, I, you know, it's it's it's... That's a good place to be, I think, post-COVID and pre, uh, pre-hockey season, right? So all, all the positives in the world, everything is good. Yeah, I would think, I would think so. And, and I have a question for you. Okay, let's do this. Are, we're going straight this, into we're getting We're, getting, we're, we're, getting we're right there. I mean, it's, this, it's 8.30 I mean, on Friday night. We're recording a hockey podcast. Let's go. It's, it's 100 degrees everywhere we are. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> So, so are the Dallas Stars right now better than they were at the end of the season? Yeah, you, we were talking about this uh, peeking behind the curtain, listener land. We were talking about this behind uh, as we were kind of checking levels and getting ready. And honestly, I think that they are. I, I think that this, this point, you know, if we're comparing point in time, this season versus last season right are the dallas stars better right so if we if we hit the rewind machine beep up boop to last off season dallas didn't really have a clear starting goaltender there were questions about the defense questions about the offense um you know and and i think that as we sit here today there there are still quite i'm not saying this is a team that has solved all of its problems but like this is a team that has gone from, is it going to be Braden Holtby, you know, uh, Anton Hudobin, um, will Jake Ottinger make the team? Is Ben Bishop's comeback going to be successful? Like, this is a team that had four goaltenders legitimately in the mix heading into training camp, right? And this is a team that didn't know what they had in Tyler Sagan. And this is a team that didn't know what it had in Alexander Radulov. And this is a team that had just, you know, what was what was going to happen in the post-Jamie Alexiak uh, era defense. Like, there were just, like, there was just a lot of stuff going on. And, and, you know, could Jason Robertson continue to grow as a player and had had hence finally arrived? And, you know, all there were just a lot of questions. And, and while there are still many questions, right? I think heading into this season, we can safely say that the Dallas stars have a number one goaltender and it's Jake Ottinger. And and we should all be very happy about that. And I think that at this point, right, a couple of MVP MVP votes later, the Dallas stars can probably be pretty confident in what they are looking at in Jason Robertson and his impact on the team. And, you know, Rupa Hintz had another very good season. Uh, Joe Pavelski re-signed and lowered his cap number but they've they've got that top line intact. And, you know, Tyler Sagan had signs of life over the course of the second half of last season. So, again, if if we're looking at, like, holistically, like if we're looking at where they were last season, there are still, you know, there are still questions about the roster and there's still work that needs to be done. But, like, some good stuff has happened, maybe? Well, and, and I think you, you kind of buried the lead here. We also have a brand-new coach. So yeah. uh, we, have, we have Pete DeBoer who uh who is going to come in and uh and 
not go with the we like where we're at on offense and, <laughs> and, and offense creates itself. And, and maybe we're going to make an effort to put the puck in the net uh, on a regular basis. So, you know, me, again, there's some hope there. In fact, let me turn your question around of thinking about the positional groups, right? Where is Dallas worse right now than they were last season? Well, I think definitely on the blue line. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you know, lo- losing losing John Klingberg, and uh, and we may have to return to this later, uh, and, and replacing him with Colin Miller, I think, uh, yeah, you can cross your fingers and hope and think that's going to work out. Um, but you, you it, don't it, think it, going it, from John Klingberg and you know to to Colin Miller is a positive step? Well, I mean, the the disappointment for me is just that I think. Pete DeBoer's systems set up for John Klingberg so well, yeah. and, and and I mean we're what three days in on on uh, on free agency here, and every single positive team that Klingberg could actually go to has pretty much taken themselves out of the mix because they don't have cap space to sign the contract that we think he should sign. Yeah, and so and, and so I I have no idea what happens to John Klingberg here at this point, but. God knows he. You now, if you're looking for a puck moving uh, defender who can who can generate some offense from the point, which is kind of what you get with Pete DeBoer, I I think we know a guy who does that. Yeah, we do, and and it's it's one of the great it's one of the great shames, and, and there are many, even if we just limit it in the sports context. But I was reading something that they like. Tell me a player that was more negatively impacted by covid just holistically than john klingberg between the jankiness of the seasons like if there's not a flat salary cap john klingberg is probably already signed to the dallas stars yep yep and and, in here i you know i'm I'm kind of picking on colin miller a little bit i think miller does bring some things that we haven't seen in dallas in a while um specifically he's got a got a cannon from the point. So uh, it'll be kind of nice to see somebody just letting loose every once in a while. Um, but on the other hand, we really don't have any strategy right now on how we're going to get the power play established in the zone or let alone who's going to run it, uh, let alone who's going to run it efficiently. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the hope there, we're F it. We'll just dive right in. I think the hope to me, the hope there is, it's going to be Miro. And you kind of, you're, you're going to hand Miro the keys. Hey, here's the power play. Figure it out, kid. Kind of, you know, we've, we've talked about his, his talent and, you know, isn't it, wouldn't it be great if, if they played to his strengths rather than his weaknesses. Right. So I think that part of, part of the answer is it's Miro. And then I think the other answer is you're hoping that between, you know, your, your equation is okay. If there's more Miro, and then Thomas Harley plus Colin Miller. You're hoping that that gets you into the ballpark of what John Klingberg would give you in 2022. Yeah, and and not to throw too much water here, but I will point out that Thomas Harley ran power play number two in Cedar Park. So if, if, if anybody's thinking that's a straight over easy move, uh, I, I think there's a little bit of a learning curve there 
related to how Thomas Harley plays the game and what his skill set is. Sure, but like at at the same time, and this is you know this is me playing devil's advocate perhaps a little bit, but like at the same time, right? This is what they drafted in Thomas Harley, right? This is the profile. This he he was drafted to be a top four. NHL contributor with offensive upside. He was, he was drafted to to transition the puck. He was drafted to generate offense. Like this, this is who he is supposed to be. So the Dallas Stars, you know, leaning on him to be that shouldn't be insane. And then the second thing is, you know, what has been one of the the you know, there's been a kind of it's and it's not limited to Dallas Stars, but one of the most common hockey fan complaints is, you know, let the kids play, give them a shot. And so for for people that have been clamoring for Thomas Harley to get a moment in the sun, like there the and and I say this as a a you know died in the wool member of the John Klinkberg fan club, the way that you spin this to make yourself feel better is you you're increasing Miro's profile and you're giving Thomas Harley what's left, right? And that was always going to be the next era of the Dallas Stars, and they're just going to have to live up to the hype. Right, and, and here I'm not. I'm not. I, I love Harley's game, and and his transition game I think is really going to flourish here under DeBoer. Um, my concern is just you know people think offensive defender, and and all of a sudden they're a good quarterback for the power play, and those are those are different skill sets, if you yeah. will. Yeah. But he, but as you said, he's got experience doing it, and you know at at some point the Dallas Stars are going to want him to do it, so. Why, why not now? Yeah. And, and, and you know, the, the, the other piece of that is like, he's kind of got a, a security blanket and Miro is sort of not even at the height of his powers yet. Right. He's entering, but you know, you've got a guy ahead of you in Miro that could play an entire, sometimes it feels like Miro could play the entire game if he needed to. Well, and he may have to, if he, I mean, if he's taking PP one and, and still putting in his time on the, on the PK, he, he may get up to 30 minutes a game. And he, you know, there's a part of me that thinks he could probably handle it. And especially given what the blue line looks like right now, the Dallas stars are probably better off if he's doing it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I, you know, Miller, Miller is probably a perfect, uh, a perfect partner for Harley. Um, I think the minutes line up, you have a righty lefty combination. They both can move the puck uh, and, 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 have have a decent impact on the defensive end. So I think that third pair kind of cleans up. Um, I guess the question is then what happens? Do you, uh, do you then go with a, with a Lindell and Hockenpah uh, second pair and have, you know, they, they were actually fairly successful together when they did play together. It's, and it's the classic Essel Lindell thing, right? Is, is show me, show me somebody that, doubts Essa Lindell's, you know, NHL bona feeds. And I can probably show you somebody that's got some piece of proprietary data that says he's actually very good. Like people love this guy. Yeah. And, and you know what, I, I go back to this a while, maybe it's just cause I spent so much time as a historian, but uh, Essa Lindell did not come up as a, as a all defense, all the time defender. There was there was initially a, a good amount of hope that Lindell was going to be at least a good hybrid, yeah. And and so, you know, let's see. And may, maybe under a different core uh, coach, he doesn't just kick it up the wall all the time. And and 
And he turns out to be at least uh, not a humongous detriment on uh, on moving the puck out of the defensive zone. And I think that that's going to be the interesting litmus test, right? And it's it's and it's a combination of like we're we have been what you know how many podcasts have you and I done over the past couple seasons where some some amount of airspace has been spent talking about like is the problem that the Dallas Stars have been bad or is the problem that the Dallas Stars have been playing to a floor instead of a ceiling right and and based on what we know of Pete DeBoer historically in terms of of how he likes his def- defense active in the off like you know the 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 book on on Pete DeVor- DeBoer right is he he likes the offense being generated from the defense he likes shots from the point you know, there, there's, you know, a side side issue is this should be a guy that, you know, Joe Pavelski and he are like a, a light, you know, you could write tween romance fiction about Joe Pavelski's game and tendencies and how and how Pete DeBoer likes to coach. Right. Like this, this in theory should be a transition from a coach that minimized risks at the expense of what this team was good at to a coach that caters to what this team is supposed to be good at. Right. 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 And this is why there was all this Brett Burns conversation in the, along the way, because, you know, cap gymnastics, whatever, uh, you know, bring in, bring in a 37 year old, but his game kind of sets up for what DeBoer wants to do. Yeah. And, and the other, the other great tragedy of this is, you know, who else's game sets up very well with what Pete DeBoer wants to do? John Klingberg. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, my, my question is still going to be, and, and I, I don't want to drill too deep on this, but Klingberg's not going to get the deal that Dallas was offering. Even at this point, nobody has any cap space. Yeah. Uh, the, the rumors I'm hearing are, are one year deal with, uh, with, with Ottawa. I mean, this is, uh, this is just nuts. The whole market, it, it's almost like a game of musical chairs, the way the flat cap and the, and free agency has worked this year and and if you didn't grab a seat that first day or two there's just oh there's only a, so much money on the table and it's gone away pretty quick yeah it really has and especially like the teams that are left aren't exactly like you, you're you're at this point the calculus turns in do i take do i take do i take money in term from a place that isn't going to compete right or you know it's it's why yeah i mean i've i've looked take, at it and the only place that kind of matches a team that might be okay that could actually afford him is maybe calgary yep especially and now it, that they lost it but they you know without johnny Gaudreau, right. is that right. going to be a situation right exactly and otherwise you're talking it's like anaheim no arizona no i mean every other team you look at really has no reason to want to spend the money that klingberg is going to want or or even deserve on a long-term contract so what happens yeah and and this is where you know and and maybe it's it's the system maybe it's the player it's probably a combination of both but the other challenge is this is where some of the 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 up and downs of the past couple seasons are really coming back to bite you know john klingberg and that it's in a lot of ways like i said between the pandemic changing the market limiting the teams and him having a couple of rough seasons like this this could not have worked out worse for right. John Klingberg. And that's a shame. 
It is. And, you know, I, I, I kind of view it here. I, I saw something. I don't, I'm not going to attribute this to, to anybody because I don't remember who, who was saying it. But they, they were going through about the signing of, of, of Johnny Gaudreau. And, and they went through Columbus. When Columbus saw this as an opportunity, they said, well, there are a couple of things we're going to have to do in order to make this work. And they went bing, bang, boom, boom, done. And, and they had the same conversation with the GM in Philadelphia. And the GM in Philadelphia says, well, you know, if I'm going to make this work, I'm going to have to do this. And I'm going to have to do this. And I'm going to have to do this. And so I'm just going to say no. Yeah. And, and, and at a certain point here, somebody is going to have to act like the Columbus GM and decide that, that they want to they do a little work in order to get John Klingberg. And, you know, that could actually be Jim Nill. It, it's there is a you know, the, the, and this is where I show my stripes as a blatant Dallas Stars homer. Right. But there's a part of me that says, give him the most you can give him for a season. Right. And just see what happens after that. Yeah. And and, you know, maybe the, the situation is rosier next year. Maybe he plays well enough and gets the deal that he wants somewhere else. But, yeah, there, there a part of me thinks that the longer this goes, the more of a chance that unfortunately for him Fortunately for me that he'll have to settle for something, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately for him, I mean, it's, it's probably the most valuable of the years that are going to go into a long-term deal. And, and so his, his deal, even if he does well, his deal is going to be worse after a year just because he's one year older. And it just feels like as well with the way the cap projections work, if you can get through a season or maybe two, you could be in a position to have because because what really killed what really killed a lot of deals and what really killed a lot of teams is talking about, you know, they all signed a bunch of, you know, there there's been some some chatter about the new market efficiency is signing long term deals right now because the cap is expected to, you know, get it maybe another two years from now, but it's going to go up eventually. So that there's some thinking that's like, hey, if you sign somebody long term now, it will be disproportionately cheaper in four years, right? And so this may be a situation where he's better off risk the risk, of course, being you know injury and performance, right? But if if he in fact rebounds in the short term, then he could be in a situation where he might get the deal or closer to the deal that he wanted when this whole mess started. Yeah, and and I mean the whole hockey economy here is kind of finally catching up to everybody else, where it's a winner take all economy. Yeah, and so you're seeing all these all these real high end, long term, big money deals, and 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 the middle is getting caved in. And, I mean, and 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 Klingberg's kind of on the upper end of that middle, and it's just it, it's just that market's gone. It's it's what I mean. Look at Tampa Bay. And yeah, they are they are going stars and scrubs. The Serge, the Sergachev extension teams. I think you're right. You're going to start see seeing teams really dial in on five or six players that they feel are indispensable. And the thinking is going to be we're going to to control and lock in those five to six guys that we think truly deeply matter. And we're confident that we can fill in the rest. Yep, it's uh, it's analytics on who your who your key guys are, and then scouting and, and analytics for who your who your you know minimum contract guys are, and that's the team. Yeah, I mean, just look at it. Like somebody's going to get John Klingberg for a fraction of what he probably should get, and yep. if and sure, there may be a risk, maybe the performance degradation is a real thing, and there's not a fit, and it's all you know, maybe there are continued problems, but. 
what if he rebounds? And then all of a sudden you've got John Klingberg uh, again on an undermarket deal. It, you know, the, the other bit is the, you know, the, the joke I made at the, the opening of the podcast, like Vegas had to give Max, Max Pacioretty away. Not yeah. and that's that's not even like podcast hyperbole. Like they they gave him to Carolina for the pleasure of not having him on their roster. And right. Pacioretty isn't washed. Like this is a guy <laughs> that's still a very good NHL player. But the reality is the cap is frozen. He makes a lot of money, and Vegas had other priorities. Yeah, takeover payments. And oh, by the way, we're a bunch of jackasses. And if you're a free agent, never consider signing here again because we're going to cut you loose at the first chance. Yeah, as soon as we can get you know, new hotness, Jack Eichel, we can, we're your, your toast. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Vegas is working on their fifth wife already. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's tragic for Klingberg. It's tragic for the stars too, because as a, you know, as we talked about, like in a lot of ways, the way that Pete DeBoer likes to generate offense and run things for his defensive core caters to John Klingberg's traditional strengths. And given the composition of this roster, given Peter DeBoer's tendencies, you can re it, it is not difficult to tilt your head and see a universe in which John Klingberg explodes. Yeah, but, I, I agree. Let's we, we we got limited time here. Let's uh, yeah, yeah, we with mem- memory lane, we we could probably go on for an hour <laughs> and a half on Klingberg memory lane and we'd be in full agreement. Talk, talk to me about Mason Marchment. Mason Marchment to me is the kind of deal that Dallas should have been pursuing over the last you know, half dozen or so years and that he, he, you're, you talked about the middle, right? He, that's the, that's the new market efficiency, right? He, he hasn't really, you know, capital B broken out yet, right? Like he's not one of those guys that has established himself as, as a truly elite NHL player yet. However, he's been quite good, right? Over the course of his career, 91 games, 58 points, Right, uh, twenty goals, thirty-eight assists. That's not nothing, right? He right, and, most- and and also a late bloomer. In yeah. case you know, if you're out there thinking ninety-one game, that's nothing. He didn't really start taking hockey seriously till he got to be about nineteen. So so no no slate on him on being a late bloomer. He's got started late and he's hitting his prime. And and the other thing to think about is so he played you know in in 2019 he played four games with Toronto he had an assist not not a, not an impact right eight minutes yeah. a night all of a sudden fast forward you know 2021 he played 33 games for Florida he averaged uh, 14 minutes a night two goals eight assists ten points again modest we get to 21 22 54 games 18 goals 29 assists 47 points. Um, you know, played 14 minutes a night. He had a selkie vote. I mean, he, he wasn't like he wasn't at the top of the he he wasn't at the top of the the um, the pile by any chance. But I think he he was 18th. So all of this is to say, he's 27 years old. Could he have had you know his one good season and nothing else will ever happen? Absolutely. But we talked about this during the playoffs, right? At this stage, developmentally, who would you rather be gambling 14 minutes a night on, right? A guy that might have 20 goal potential in Mason Marchment or, you know, insert bottom half of the stars roster plugger that's never even gotten that close, right? Right. And and, and to tell you the truth, if you're talking about the stars future and, and all these uh, all these uh, smallish skilled forwards coming in having a big guy who knows how to throw his weight around with really good hands who who can go to the crease is 
kind of a nice luxury to have. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, and, and it's not like this organization isn't familiar with him. I mean, he was pretty instrumental in the, you know, when 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 Texas played the the Marlies back for the Calder Cup a couple of years ago. Um, you know, you were watching Rope Hinson and, and all the Texas stars, but Marshmont was on the other side, and he looked pretty good. Yep. And and here's we're gonna we're gonna play a game that is both fun and depressing. So we're talking about late bloomer, and we're talking about can he contribute? So again. 54 games played last season. He had 47 points. Where would those 47 points rank on the 2021-22 Dallas Stars? Oh, what is, what is that? Is that like uh, fourth or fifth? Oh, why? Very good. He's he would be tied for fifth ahead of he'd be four he'd be fifth place by virtue of goals as the tiebreak. He'd be tied for four, for fifth with John Klingberg yeah. and two points behind Tyler Sagan. If we get into goals, he would have been, you know, about that. He would have been fifth as well, tied with Jamie Ben. So as so, you know, kind of getting back to the point, what do I think of the deal? This is the, t- you know, you're you're locked into the Ben and Sagan contracts, right? You've got Hintz, you've got Pavelski. You're about to dump money on on Robertson, right? You've you've got your big money signings in the top four established. Mason Marchman is a guy that he they, I got what was four by four, four by four and a half, whatever it was. Yeah, four, four by four and a half. Like if if he just gives you the exact same season he had last season, you're thrilled. Yeah, and especially where he's playing in the lineup because he's gonna be a he's gonna be an anchor on that second line. Yeah, and and that's really where the stars are gonna need some help. Um, so you know, put put him in there with you know maybe maybe somebody like Peterson, maybe maybe you get somebody even like Johnston or, or one yeah. of the kids up. Um, this is somebody who can who can fit in there well, and you know everything that you saw. He did he did all this stuff in Florida, which was on an offensive role, but he did it with limited minutes and yeah. and, and not really the top line playing uh, playing partners either. Yeah, he was playing 14 minutes a night. Yeah, and I think, but but and again, like that's that it, it may not work out, I guess, but you know that's that's where this team. I I am very. It is so, so pleasant to see Dallas taking a spin on a guy like that versus, and he, and he contributed. I'm not, I don't want to hate on the guy, but like, I'm so much more interested in a Mason Marchman deal than I am in, in student each. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly that's, you know, there's, there's some room out there for some bottom feeding and, and finding guys who uh, fill a role and, I, I kind of like student Nietzsche as a, as a bit of a Andrew Cogliano plug-in. Yeah. We, we oh, just yeah. have, we, we have nobody else who, who goes nuts on the forecheck like student Nietzsche. And, and we kind of miss that. And I, we'll see, I, we'll see how that works on DeBoer because it was much more necessary under bonus, but I think there's a place for it. I, I agree. But, but and, and my point isn't that, but like, again, it's, it's talking about like, where would you rather the Dallas stars be taking their free agent swings, right? Michael Roffel, Luke Glenn Denning, um, you know, Yoel Kiviranta or Mason Marchman. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like, you know, if, if, if you, if you decided that you weren't going to have student each in the lineup and you plugged in uh, Kiviranta instead, yeah, there's just not that much difference at the, in the end. This is a guy who can make an impact. Yeah, he is. And, and it's, it's, that's something that this team, again, it's, it's one of those things like this team has needed that. 
and yep. too many of their and it speaks to system right too many of their their targets in the pa- in the past several seasons have been guys that won't get you killed right that that can go in and, and just kind of play those solid play the the air the air quotes right way and so it's it's nice to see them pull in a guy who if if he continues to evolve right even if he gives if he just gives them the exact same same season he had but if what if what if he gets better right what if he spends you know what if he flashes some and, and again thinking of roster construction right like what if he flashes some consistent some some you know chemistry with you know Jason Robertson and Rupi Hintz that frees up Joel Joel Pavelski moving down to Sagan's line and you know what I mean like it's it's one of those like what if what if his style helps Dennis Gurionov stay more consistent? You know, it's one of those situations where all of a sudden Dallas has another another body that could potentially play on the first or second line instead of just another guy that can play on the second, the third or fourth line. Right, or or even go go with something like Marshman Ben and Gurionov. Yeah, Since Ben and Gurionov have, have have pretty good chemistry, and that gives some of the some of the defense and and physical concerns that you might have with Gurry off the table and I'm not sure I'd want to play against that line. That's a, that, that, that could get interesting. It doesn't sound great. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't sound great. So I, I'm very, I like that. I like that signing a lot. Really. The, the only thing I didn't like about that signing is the, the kind of double hit of Marshman and Miller. There was, there was that brief window when free agency opened, going back to where we opened the podcast, that, that brief window where like, Hey, there, there might be, an opportunity to pull Klingberg back onto this roster. And then they signed Miller and Marchman and that kind of seemed to go away. So that was really the only thing I didn't like about it. Was it definitively closed one era? <laughs> Don't give up hope Wes. That you know, all, I, as I said, all it, somebody's going to have to decide they want to make it happen. Yeah. And, 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 and we've seen enough GMing out there in the last couple of days to know that when you want to move people, pieces around, uh, GMs can get it done if they want to. Yeah, they can. So what about the other? What do you know about Miller? Uh, looked good in Vegas, uh, never quite fit in in, in Buffalo, and uh, and then got hurt. So we didn't see him for the second half. So it, it's kind of a prove-me deal, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, there's there's some upside. Uh, but I think he's a good he's a good he's a good pairing with uh, with uh, Harley. So I, I, I think that's fine. And again, it's a good, I like prove me deal, right? Whether, whatever you want to say about it, this is a team that's, that's got, they've, they've got, you know, Ryan Suter and they've got Essa Lindell and they've got, um, Miro Haskinen. And so you kind of need to have prove it guys around that. And he's a good, uh, yeah, he's right. Right handed shot. Uh, and, and, and again, a game, I think that's going to be real compatible. Um, so fine. Fine. I, 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 I like it. Like you know, we talked about the start of the call. the The team I think is better right now than it was at the at the at this point last season. Yeah, I, I think they're better now than they were a year ago. I'm not sure they're better now than they were two months ago. I don't know. I I don't know. It's hard, and and I say this as as someone who just absolutely adored the the Radulov era. But I I think that there is less. There there are fewer passengers. Yeah, like, I agree. And, Marchman's definitely an upgrade in, in the Radulov slot. I, I still think that there's a lot that this team's going to learn about what Klingberg did for them that uh, that they're going to get unpleasantly reminded about moving forward. 
yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty much if they don't have if if Haskinen doesn't go off and if Harley isn't ready, this team is in the transition game probably toast. Yep. Yep. But anyway, that that's all. Uh, we'll we'll see how it works out. We have uh, development camp finished up. Uh, we have a little bit of a holiday here. I, I think both of us are going to take a little time off, and uh, uh, eventually, I'm going to look forward and and say, "Hey, Traverse City is on the horizon." There you and, go. Uh, and and all of a sudden, it's going to be hockey time again. It's going to be great. It's and it's going to be again. Once again, they've got. They've got us. They've got us on the hook, and maybe excited about what this team can be next season. So we've got a lot of off-season content coming. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about you know once once free agency truly has settled, we'll talk about what the roster looks like, what it might look like heading into next season, where the warts are, where the opportunities are. We're, we're going to do the whole thing, but we wanted to touch base around the close of free agency. Of course, we'll probably convene again. They, te- Dallas technically hasn't signed Robertson or Ottinger yet. Honestly, I've had some some folks reach out worried about offer sheets. Dallas has the money to match anything that's not insane. Like they're not, there isn't a there isn't a world in which um, Dallas gets kind of forced away from either player. So it's just one of those like we may have to wait a little bit longer to see exactly what the deals look like. But this isn't a team that's that's you know vulnerable to you know. There's not a Kotkaniemi situation, right? Sure, somebody could come in and offer Jake Ottinger ten million dollars a season, and that might do it. But like nobody has that, and he'd have to sign it, and th- it's just not a realistic concern at this point. So I'm I'm not fretting the offer sheet thing. Are you? I I'm not either. And in fact, if if I'm Jim Nil, I'm announcing both contracts at the same time. Yeah. Because because I don't want I don't want to sign one which. Uh, which kind of opens you up to everybody knowing exactly what your numbers are for the second one. Exactly. You want to, it'll be a, it'll be a big, it's the future of the stars, right? You'll get, you'll have Miro on the dais as well, kind of handing their jerseys. You'll make a whole deal. But I, I think you're exactly right. They've probably got a good sense of where each one needs to be. They just want to get it locked down because if they announce one and not the other, then maybe you do, Maybe you you know if if Robertson comes in a little bit higher than you think, then maybe you are in a situation where. You, but no, they're they're going to get both, and if somebody does something stupid in offer sheets, they'll match it and then figure it out from there. Yep, yep, sounds good. All right, well keep keep uh, you know keep a keep a cool drink in your hand. We'll keep an eye on things in Dallas Stars land. Somebody posted we're we're three months to the day from the start of next season, and just can't wait to get this thing on the track. Sounds great. Hey, have a have a nice uh, nice holiday. You as well. Don't forget to follow. Don't forget to download. Check us out on all of the socials. KT working her magic on a Friday night. Thank you again. And um, Mark, take it easy. All right. Sounds good.